Announcement. The revolution will not be televised. I repeat, the hemp revolution will not be televised. Welcome to the Hemp Revolution Podcast, the global hotspot for the buzz and the cannabis. Hear the secrets of the green rush from the dreamers who are writing the rules, innovating business, and changing history forever. Immerse yourself with the fascinating stories from the leaders in the hemp health revolution to learn how we are changing the game. Now here's your hosts, James Brinkerhoff and Sonia Gomez. What's up, guys? Sonia Gomez coming to you from Denver, Colorado. Super excited to be here on another episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast, where it is our mission to empower you with the truth about cannabis and hemp CBD, also telling the story of this incredible industry from the eyes of the entrepreneurs who are pushing this forward, whether they're working in ancillary businesses or directly related to the plant. Perhaps we are going to be bringing on some coaches, consultants, or folks who are applying their skill sets and success from other industries into this incredibly fast-growing industry and cash-rich industry as that. We are earning our reputation and disrupting some of the major markets in the world right now. So super excited to be able to bring the truth about cannabis and hemp to you so that you can make empowered decisions about how you want to take care of yourself, the people that you love, conditions you may be suffering from, or otherwise care for this beautiful gift of life. If you're someone who's looking for products that you can depend on to transform the way that you feel and function on a daily basis, check us out at medicalsecrets.com. We are happy to help. And if you are a budding entrepreneur or established business looking for some tips and tricks, resources or relationships that you can use to quickly accelerate your success in this space, check us out at theemeraldcircle.com for our favorite tools and resources that we are using to succeed in this space right now. We have another rock star episode and story to tell from a CEO of Blue Vase Marketing LLC, a multi-million dollar full service direct response marketing agency offering media production, sales and customer satisfaction, call centers, warehousing, fulfillment, analytics, and anything else that you can think of in this pretty crazy industry. Under his leadership, Blue Vase grew from a small call center into a comprehensive marketing management company ranked by Inc. Magazine for three years in a row as one of the nation's 5,000 fastest growing private companies and named the 2015 Large Business of the Year by the Greater Beverly Chamber of Commerce. Super excited to share some of the tools and tactics that he has used in the supplement space that is now being applied to the hemp industry. Help me welcome our good friend, Mr. Mike Alden. How's it going, Mike? Well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, like I think I told you a little while ago, it's, uh, it's going well, but it's going to get better as we go. You know, it's a it's a start to a brand new day and a brand new year. So I couldn't agree more with you. Why don't you real quick, I, I know that you're a multi-author. You've been translated and distributed all over the world with your knowledge and expertise. I'm super honored to have you here on the show. I was pre-interview. I was just telling you that we got one of your books here and my son snatched it right away and was like, you guys always have the best business books. I'm going to read this first and took it down to his room and I haven't seen it or him 
him since. So um, I can't wait to dive in and read some of your stuff myself. But why don't you quick and dirty for our listeners, um, tell us a little bit about who you are, what your background is, and how you are participating in the can of boom right now. Sure. Oh, the can of boom. I like that. Well, yeah. Um, you know, let's see. What do we start? We start when I was. Let's uh, go all the way back to when I was a kid. You know, I. Um, so I'm your kind of one of your classic entrepreneur stories who uh, grew up. You know, pretty tough. Um, you know, my. Uh, you know, I grew up uh, in state housing. My mom uh, is HIV positive. My stepfather died of AIDS. My father was addicted to coke. My stepmother just recently overdosed. The kid I grew up with is in jail for life for murder. Uh, one of my other brothers overdosed, and uh, and so for me, um, I've been surrounded uh, by crime, drugs, and violence, you know, kind of my whole life. And the interesting part about it is, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get into the story, but more is I've always found, um, and, you know, this is a, it's a bit of a polarizing thing I'm about to say or this early on is, is that it, it all started, um, you know, with marijuana, um, you know, and as the, as the quote gateway drug. Right. And, and so I, um, you know, I didn't, uh, I, I have not, uh, has never even smoked a cigarette. Um, I do drink, uh, you know, here and there. Um, and you know, I kind of just saw how marijuana, uh, and drugs ruin people's lives, uh, you know, as a kid. Um, and you know, fast forward to where I am today, I'm an, I'm an attorney by trade. Um, I kind of grew up in the supplement space, uh, as an attorney first, but I was also always interested, um, in alternative medicines, uh, in health and wellness. In fact, there's a health food store in my, in my hometown where my business is and where my home is. And as a kid, I'm a big, kind of a big dude. And I, I would always, you know, kind of go into the health food store and try and find, you know, different um, natural things that I could use to essentially enhance my performance uh, as an athlete, as a football player, baseball player. I was kind of a horrible basketball player, but pretty much anything I could do, you know, from, from ginseng before any, anyone even knew what it was. I mean, I used to buy ginseng uh, in the bottle with the root, you know, Korean ginseng in it. And back then it was like, it was, there wasn't ginseng in everything. You know, I was I was taking supplements that, you know, in fact, one of my, one of my, um, one of my friend's parents is a police officer and he found it and he had it tested because he thought it was like, you know, steroids or something. So I've always been interested, you know, kind of in the, in the health and wellness space. And, and when I became an attorney, um, you know, I grew up, uh, uh, in this space, uh, we were representing, uh, you know, a company that sold dietary supplements. So I kind of always had a passion, um, you know, for health and wellness, uh, and, in you know, in, in particular, you know, uh, you know, natural, things and also, um, you know, really kind of focused on, uh, dietary supplements. So as an attorney, um, you know, my expertise, uh, really has been in, um, you know, food and drug, uh, FTC and other regulatory environments, uh, and regulatory agencies that deal in and around, you know, kind of the health and wellness space. And you and I, you and I met because of, you know, this, this, you know, wild world and really now kind of the wild west, um, of, of CBD. And so that's kind of like a, a quick down and dirty, um, you know, uh, story of how we got to where we're at right now. Dang. I mean, I wasn't expecting you to come out like that, but okay. <laughs> coming I mean, strong, coming, coming strong. Coming in with the heat in the first five seconds. Yeah. I like it. Some attention grabbing over there. <laughs> I cannot believe that you faced all of that stuff. And you know what I love? I absolutely love this about our industry that in one way or another, there's always some sort of personal story that connects us to cannabis, um, whether it's a negative or a positive experience in the initial um, but however, some somehow, some way, it always flips the script to where 
there we're now positively participating in the evolution or revolution that's associated with hemp and cannabis. Um, so that, that never fails to amaze me. And I'm so deeply impacted by your story. I want to dive deeper into that, but I first want to find out like a lot of, I, I, I talk to a lot of professionals who have, um, who have certifications like yours, licenses like yours. They're either legal. Um, I call them the, you know, the white collar licenses of our, of our world. They're, they are sure. you know, lawyers, they're accountants, they're, you know, doing something at that caliber. Right. And I always say there's two people you don't lie to when you're in the cannabis industry, your lawyer and your accountant, right. Cause they can make the world <laughs> go round for you. And those are the two people that you have to have on your side all the time. So I, I talk to a lot of professionals and they, always ask me the question, like, you know, I'm really interested in this whole thing. I don't have a ton of experience with it. How can I start to, what do I need to know to be able to participate or even succeed or bring value to this industry? So I'd love to hear from you, especially with your background and the transformation and mentality that you've had to go through. What are some of the things that you had to do to shift or tailor your current skill sets to serve the new and thriving and exciting but challenging industry that is cannabis and hemp. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so, you know, I, again, I opened with, you know, kind of the, the negative aspect of what, what I saw as a, as a kid and, 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 you know, and look out people would say, well, alcohol can do the same thing. And, and it's true. And, and just, again, this is my own personal experience. And so having, you know, again, been in the dietary supplement space, uh, you know, for 20 plus years, you know, half as an attorney and, and the other half, uh, you know, as, as a business owner, uh, I, you know, I, w- I was interested in CBD before anyone even knew what it was, uh, years ago and you know we were looking at it and, and I you know I was saying to my team hey look you know this is a you know an interesting compound um, I you know I'm I'm not a huge fan of and again now I'm much more educated about it but you know when you hear like marijuana that's 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 the only thing you don't I, I wasn't even thinking hemp or even thinking cannabis as 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 the as the umbrella with marijuana and hemp under the under that umbrella and so um, this was years ago and we started looking at it and we just started looking at some of the research and there really wasn't a ton of research out there. And so, um, but you know, there's a lot of anecdotal evidence and that's what a lot of us are seeing now. A lot of anecdotal evidence, my friend took it and they experienced this, that, and the other thing. Um, and so for, for myself as a marketer, and we, I mean, we've literally generated hundreds of millions, uh, in revenue selling dietary supplements. And so I just, and also the cost was just extraordinarily high at the time. And so it just didn't, it just didn't make sense for us. But, um, in 2016, you know, the world had changed a little bit. And now CBD, you're starting to, you know, at least in my world, we're starting to, to hear a little bit about it more. And I said, you know what, let's look a little bit more closely at it. And so we had uh, a CBD product made. Um, and, and, and this is, uh, and this is kind of crazy uh, that I'll even say this, but, you know, I looked at this like, really quickly. So I wear two hats, right? I wear a hat as a lawyer and then I wear a hat as a CEO slash marketer. And sometimes it's hard to, um, you know, they say a lawyer who represents himself as a fool for a client, but I, but I, but I saw, you know, what was going on in the CB, CBD space. And I said, so let's, let's do it. Let's launch one. Let's create one. So I had, and this is kind of where my mindset changed. I said, well, let's get some samples. And we still got some samples in and I had never put anything in my body cannabis related, right? So that's the bolt. That's the hemp or this is the matter. So I, so I was really hesitant to even do that, but I'm like, you know what? I'm 40, I was at 41 at the time. I'm like, you know, 
why not just give it a shot? I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about drug tests or any of this stuff that most people didn't even understand, including myself at the time. So I tried it, right? So I tried this CBD spray, full spectrum CBD spray that we created uh, before I went to bed. And I had the most amazing night's sleep that I've ever had. And I woke up in the morning and I didn't have any pain in my hamstring. I tore my hamstring um, actually just out of college, uh, ironically, after playing football my whole life. And I was like, I'm sold. Like, I get it. Like right then and there, I was like, this is awesome stuff, you know? And so we, um, you know, we launched that product. It was, it was with a network marketing company that I had created. And actually I talk about that company in my business blueprint to business, which by the way, no longer exists. And here's partially one of the reasons why, because myself, as an entrepreneur, not necessarily with my legal hat on, uh, because I was like looking at him like, look, CBD is a derivative of hemp and, and, and or hemp oil, just me without spending a lot of time on it. Therefore, it is generally recognized as safe. Therefore, I have no problem with it. It, it is a dietary supplement. Well, my merchant processors didn't see, the, didn't see it the same way. And instantly, within one day, I lost... Uh, uh, almost all of my processors. And in one day they grabbed almost a million dollars in a day. And then I got put on, uh, what is called the match list. Um, which is like, uh, I joke around with this. I say, it's like being a level three sex offender, trying to get a job at a daycare. It's the worst thing that can happen to you, uh, in the merchant processing world. And I've been doing big business for a long time and doing it the right way. Um, so it really, scared me and I'm still I'm still here today it was it was brutal what I had to overcome I'm still here today um but I'm a believer now uh of of CBD and the different compounds in the endocannabinoid system and things that a lot of people are starting to learn about because I have seen anecdotally from myself and from others that I've given it to but I've also now seen the science right the science is really every day we're starting to get more and more science that is that is, in fact, substantiating a lot of the, uh, you know, a, a lot of the health claims, in other words, disease claims that are out there. Um, but it's also substantiating, you know, some of the what we call structure function claims, meaning, hey, you know what, my aches and pains aren't really there anymore. Uh, it's helping me with my mobility. It's helping me, you know, with my sleep. Some of these more benign, you know, type claims. And that's when I was like, all right, cool. You know, I want to continue to stay uh, in in this space. And that's kind of how you and I connected when I when we connected on a on a private Facebook group. Hell yeah. I love how this industry brings us all together. And I, I, I have to be like, on one hand for you, I'm like fucking so excited because I need, I need, I'm just like taking full ownership of this. I need more professionals in this space who understand that CBD is really just an ingredient, that there's actually a success formula that needs to be implemented to anyone who is in business, especially with CBD. Of course, cannabis and hemp come along with its own, you know, nuances, its own level of restrictions, its own, you know, things around compliance that that tends to be to create a lot more challenges than necessary, especially when you do the compare and contrast to like a normal supplement company next to, um, let's say just CBD, for instance, um, marketing, merchant processing. I mean, things that are just bare bones, basic for an opera for a company to operate. Um, but once you get past those nuances and you're, and you decide that you want to be compliant and all of those things, and you want to be a contender in an otherwise pretty noisy marketplace, you know, that's, those things are also true in the, um, normal everyday, you know, world of supplements, which I think is the easiest way to compare hemp 
to um, mainstream industry. You've had a, an incredible amount of success there. And as I mentioned earlier, there is a blueprint to that success. Um, you have published multiple books about it. One that actually just showed up at my place um, is actually the the blueprint to success. Um, the book that I just purchased from you and I'm really excited to dive into is The Blueprint to Business, an Entrepreneur's Guide to Taking Action, Committing to the Grind, and Doing the Things that Most People Won't. Why don't you talk a little bit about what your blueprint is? Like, what are the two or three things that every entrepreneur needs to know, whether they're in or out of the cannabis and hemp marketplace? What are those key things that allow that are transferable as you dive into new industries and new marketplaces with new products and ingredients that continue to help you build your success? Yeah, you know, I think it's really, you know, the subtitle, uh, you know, you know, doing, you know, committing to the grind. People always talk about the grind, but people don't even really fully appreciate what the grind really is. And, and, and in you, in, in this, you know, I could sit here and tell you, well, you know, you got to work 16 hour days and you got to have your side hustle and you got to do all these other things. And, and, and we could sit here and preach to all that stuff, but until you really do it, until you really live it, um, you, you just really can't fully appreciate it. If you look at, um, any successful entrepreneur anywhere in the world, anywhere in history, it didn't just happen. You know, people don't just become successful. I mean, if you look at the, you know, the social media world that we live in and you look at guys like Grant Cardone uh, or, or Gary Vee or some of these other guys that are out there, you know, there's a certain level of, um, you know, smoke and mirrors to everybody, including myself, right? It just, it just, it just, it just is what it is when it comes to marketing. You, you, you know, you, you market, uh, you know, to the, you know, to the best of your ability and you, you know, you kind of use the English language to, you know, to, to your advantage as well. But at the same time, uh, one of the key things that I think people really don't understand is that, you know, you have to, you, you have to be willing to do the things that most people won't. And so that, if that means taking out the fucking trash, uh, because, you know, you had to let go of your cleaning company because your, your cash flow got hurt, then you take out the trash. If that means, um, you need to bang out phone calls, uh, from your home office or wherever you are in order to, to generate revenue to cover payroll, then that's what you do. If you need to, um, close out your 401k, which I've done multiple times, uh, and or borrow money or whatever it is you need to do, then that's what you need to do. Um, I'm, I am also not a proponent of going all in. In fact, I was just talking to somebody who I met through this um, Facebook group um, last night. He's a young kid and he's like talking about going all in. I'm like, look, man, you don't have to go all in in anything in life, especially when you're young, you know, because you don't know everything. I don't know everything. You don't know. We all don't know everything. So this, um, philosophy of like, you need to be fully committed. You need to go all in, um, is, is there's, there's caveats to it. In other words, you can be, you can be willing to do the things that most people won't. You could be willing to committing to the grind, but you can also maintain your nine to five job that pays your bills and puts food on the table and pays your mortgage and takes care of your family. And also, you know, working what everyone calls that side hustle. So you're starting to see a lot of the side hustle in the CBD space. And even in the, in the, in the, in the marijuana space or, or THC where, you know, these, you know, these, these people are coming into the space, uh, and they're, and they just, they see it as a gold rush and they just think it's easy money. There's no such thing as easy money in any fucking business anywhere. 
So, so what you need to do if you're a young entrepreneur and you want to get in the space and you believe in it and you think that it can help people and, and whatever it is you, you want to do or whatever it is you believe, um, you don't have to jump all in. You can start and you can do the side hustle, work your regular job. You know, Gary V talks about, you know, working from 10 PM to 2 AM, whatever it is, you know, and then you get to a point where ultimately that side hustle, um, or that thing you're passionate about, uh, is now able to, to actually provide, um, for your lifestyle and it's able to pay your bills and it's consistent and it's, um, uh, and it's, uh, stable. When you get to that point, then you can decide, you know, maybe you can go all in. But so just to go back, and it's a long-winded answer to your question, but at the end of the day, you really have to be willing to do the things that you can't do. I'll give you an example, okay? So my um, products, I have dozens of products, and we, and we advertise all over the place, primarily television. Believe it or not, it's still, it's still a pretty powerful marketing medium. And me, myself, I will get on the phones, I will answer phone, incoming phone calls. I will uh, answer customer service calls. And I will also sit in, in my home office where I'm sitting right now, sometimes on a Saturday or a Sunday, and I will bang out phone calls. I won't call them cold calls because they called us, but they, they didn't buy from us. And I will call them, not as Michael Alden as the guy, because I'm in a lot of the advertisements, not as the guy that's in the show, but just as Mike from the call center to try and sell them the product that they didn't buy. And people say, and then they're like, you know, and if I make the sale, then sometimes depending on how the conversation goes, I'll tell them that it's me and it blows their mind. And they're like, well, why would you do that? Like, hold on a second. You're this big shot, this company books, author, you're an author, blah, 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 all this other stuff. And I said, look, you need to understand something from a business perspective. I need to, and you need to know every aspect of your business in order to be successful. So why would I sit here on a Saturday uh, afternoon, even on a, in, the, in the summer, and everyone's out in the backyard in the pool, and I'm, I'm banging out phone calls? Because I need to learn my business so that I know it better than anybody else. So I also know my customers and, what, and why my customers are saying what they're saying. Why aren't they buying? Why did they cancel? Why did they return it? How come, you know, you know, how come we're not closing at a, at a much higher rate? The only way you know is if you do it. And so that's what most entrepreneurs do. You get these guys that are out there trying to promote this, again, this other philosophy that you need to, um, you know, that you, that you kind of need to sit from a pedestal. That's bullshit. You need to get, you need to get in, you need to get dirty and you need to understand your business day in and day out. Because ultimately at the end of the day, if everyone goes away, the only one that's left is you. So you really need to know everything. Now, do I know every aspect of all my businesses? No. But I can tell you this, I know enough to know, and I, I know enough to be dangerous in every aspect of my business. Preach. <laughs> I'm like, I cannot, you literally just encompassed most of what I tell my clients, my friends, my community. This is like, this is such an important piece. And I actually had some mentors who were talking to me about the quote unquote posturing and sales. And I'm, you know, in my background, I do high ticket sales from the stage. I've, you know, I'm an international, internationally respected and renowned speaker. I'm a, I'm an internationally um, recognized bestseller on Amazon all of this stuff. And I still get on, I still am answering customer service emails in my business. And I'm still, you know, making those, Hey, can you give me some more information on this call? You know, I'm, I'm still that person. And I don't, you know, 
most of the time people know that it's me when I call, so I can't hide behind the quote unquote call center piece <laughs> or, but it's so interesting to me that my, I, I've had many mentors say to me, you know, oh, you have to have the posturing in business. You, you can't just call any company and get a hold of the CEO. And I'm like, yeah, but aren't you pissed off when you call a company and you get a robot instead of a human being? Like, I think that there's so, I think that there's so much missed value when you're growing a bit, especially when you're growing a business or scaling a business, we get separated from the things and the people that actually make it possible for you to be who you are in the industry, let alone in your microcosm of your business. And that's my favorite piece is connecting directly with the folks who are making it possible for me to be in business. And those are my customers. Those are my clients. Those are the folks that, you know, we bring value to every single day, whether it's with a product or with, you know, advice or community or whatever it is. So I love what you're saying. I think that it's a lost art, that ability to connect um, with your, with the end user and really understanding what's driving their will to participate financially with your company or with your offer and, and how consistently we are, you know, asking for feedback and making the necessary changes to stay relevant in a crowded marketplace. Um, for for those of you guys who are listening, I know that many of you are interested in being a part of this industry in some capacity, whether or not you have the necessary skill sets or are currently operating your own business. You're certainly watching the buzz of the industry right now. And I want to help you turn that can of buzz into a can of biz um, if you're interested or have the chops to do it. Now, it's not easy. There's about 50,000 different ways for you to be involved in the industry. And the great part is, is you don't have to touch the plant or product. I would love to hear from you, Mike, you know, what is, what would be some key pieces of advice that you would offer a budding entrepreneur or established business owner, if they're trying to transition into this space, what would be a couple of key pieces of advice that you could offer them that might help shortcut their path to success here? Sure. You know, and and this is the, Again, I came hot and right in the right in the beginning, and I'm going to give you some more stuff that might seem somewhat controversial to people. Uh, but this actually came from literally last night from a conversa- conversation that I had from someone that I met, you know, within this group, and and uh, you know, he was talking. Everyone's talking about how saturated, you know, the CBD market is, right? And I said, well, look, I've built my entire business and my entire life and generated literally hundreds of millions of dollars on vitamin D uh, and glucosamine. Okay. You go to Rite Aid, Walmart, Rite Aid, Walmart, Albertsons, you know, wherever, and you can buy vitamin, you know, vitamin D and glucosamine and vitamin C and all this other stuff, um, much cheaper than what, than what we've charged before. So I tell people this and this, and I talk about this in blueprint to business. And again, it's somewhat controversial, but it's real. And it makes sense. If you want to get in this space, the product is almost secondary. And people say, what, are you fucking kidding me? Like, wait a minute, my my CBD is the best CBD. It's certified USDA organic. You know, it's triple filtered, whatever. You can say whatever you want. But but here's the thing. What's really important in selling things 
is the story. And this is tried and true basic sales and marketing, right? It's not necessarily the product. It's the story. And it's who tells a better story. In this digital age that we're in right now, it's very, very difficult to sell um, any sort of CBD or hemp-related product unless you're playing a cat and mouse game with Facebook or Instagram uh, or even Google. You know, So it's kind of difficult right now to, to, to do that online. But there are ways to do it. And we're all kind of aware of some of the ways to do it. I don't like to play games. Um, I'm not interested in jumping from one Facebook account and, and having, you know, that's not, that's not my thing. So what I say to people who are in this space, who might be, um, it might be stuck because maybe your go to market strategy was in fact, Facebook and you can't figure it out. And Facebook keeps shutting down your accounts and maybe you lost merchant accounts because you didn't properly, uh, disclose that it was in fact, you know, CBD. Um, you know, so you, what you really need to do is one, you need to uh, tell a story, but you need to tell an honest story story. Because if you tell an honest story, the, the average everyday consumer who doesn't know you, right? They don't know your brand, but they somehow came across your brand. If you're authentic and if you're honest and you tell a better story, the product itself is secondary. Now, all that being said, you, you, you can't do that and sell a shit product because then what's going to happen is, is you're going to have returns, you're going to have chargebacks, and the whole business is going to implode. So, you know, these businesses of this white label, uh, print on demand stuff, I'm not a huge fan of that. Um, I, I like it for some kind of, you know, young entrepreneurs that want to start um, and, and they maybe just want to kind of learn the business because it's, you know, it's a, there's not a lot of cost involved there. But the formulas themselves are usually, you know, kind of like off the shelf and they might even be dealing with inferior products. So I'm not a huge, you know, know necessarily a fan of that so figure out how to tell a better story and then when you sell them when you sell them the product make sure that you are in fact you know selling them a good product and that means you might have to spend a little bit more money uh, on your cost of goods but that extra two three bucks on your cost of goods is going to pay dividends uh you know much much longer and increase the lifetime value of that customer and give that customer a much better customer experience if it is in fact a good product so the real takeaway from what i'm trying to say and i've said it now probably 10 times is tell a better story than everybody else because there's a bazillion cbd products out there and there's a bazillion glucosamine products out there as well i just happen to tell a better story i couldn't agree with you more this is like this is a i have like chills everywhere and it's like you know when you're in a great when you're in you, you i know that i'm in the right conversation when i'm getting like chills and i get energized from the content that's being exchanged in a conversation so this is super inspiring for me because it's i i'm hearing things that i'm generally saying and it's really refreshing to be on the listening side instead of the speaking side of this kind of knowledge. And, and everyone's trying to figure out how to crack the code, how to crack the marketing code and how to get more conversions and more sales. And, and for me, this is something that I, at the push of a button, we're able to do you know, quite often, not because we have the best funnels and the best... As a matter of fact, often any... I've never built a funnel. I'm technically I'm tech tarted, you know, like that is a, that's right. a literal term. I'm tech tarted. I have n hardly any, I can barely operate my calendar. Like I get confused with my email addresses. I am not a technological person, but my entire business is online. We've generated over a million followers. We've impacted hundreds of millions of people around the world, you know, and our main primary focus has been in story selling how we how we talk about our experiences, um, thoughts and ideas, how we share and how we draw people in with those stories to make them feel like, yeah, me too. I want that too. 
right? I want to, I want to share in that experience. I want to have that result. And I think a lot of CBD companies really miss the boat, spending a lot of time and money on, you know, big time funnels and, and expensive traffic, um, which, you know, many hit the gold mine and did really well at. And other companies spent a lot of time and money on those, you know, fancy gimmicks and gigs and missed the art of storytelling, which today I think right. I see a lot of companies tailoring their plans and business is, you know, for 2020 to be more, quote unquote, educationally focused, because that's the only way that you can get things approved, not because that's the culture of their company, but because they're trying to break, you know, they're, they're trying to break through the barriers that have restricted them from making the impact with their company and, you know, generating the revenue that they're looking for. So it's very refreshing to hear you talk about the importance of telling a good story and to draw and, and what I call the three C system. You have to capture the attention of your ideal customer. You do that through your story selling and creating relatability, not by putting yourself onto a pedestal. The second thing is how you connect with them. Authentic connection is the thing that's driving everything in this world. And whether it is, you know, a beauty commercial and, and letting you see, uh, letting you relate to the cover girl or whether it's a glossy advertisement in women's magazine talking about how to lose those few extra pounds, or if you're in a fitness magazine and you're, you have a dad bod and you wish you looked like the guy on men's health magazine, like there's always something that <laughs> connects with your, with you authentically that taps into your fear factors that taps into the thing that makes you most human and shows you a pathway, whether it's through a product um, or a service that's going to give you the results that you want. So you have to create that authentic connection once you capture the attention of your ideal customer. And then finally, through that, you're going to build the no like, and trustability. Your People have to trust that you care about the results that they're going to get before they purchase the product. The product is just a vehicle. However, the culture of the company and how that is communicated happens through a person-to-person connection. That doesn't... I mean, if you're shy to be on camera, that's okay. But you have to have somebody within the company that is able to communicate the culture and attracts the people who say like, yes, I want to be a part of that mission. I want to be a part of that movement. I want to take ownership and be a part of that community because I see myself reflected there. And that's what's going to create longevity and the community of folks who will consistently allow you to build revenue through their community interaction. That's what we have found. And that's been that's what has been the biggest differentiator from the folks that we have worked with. You know, we've helped people build their communities to 30,000 people inside of um, inside of 60 days because they're telling a great story and orienting themselves and their community around a topic, a mission, a movement that's greater than themselves. And the product is just a byproduct or a vehicle to help them achieve the result, desired results faster. It's not the full focus um, or attention from the gate out. Um, from your perspective, Michael, what are some of the challenges that companies in this space are faced with um, in in 2020? You're you're working on the legal side. I'm not sure how involved you are um, with with the hemp industry as for, with your legal skills, um, but I know that you are involved as a business owner. So I'd love to hear your perspective. What are some of the challenges that you that maybe you're going through, or that you know companies are up against to stay relevant in 2020? 
Yeah, you know, so I think that because a lot of people, uh, you know, see this, uh, you know, I'm I'm in the crypto space uh, as well, and and I and I when I got into the crypto space, I got into the crypto space uh, out of straight necessity because uh, because I had you know merchant accounts go down uh, and I needed a way to kind of figure out how to survive uh, and things like that. And so when you and you know look and you know I, I didn't get in and one big I got in when Bitcoin was you know just over five thousand, and then we all watched it run up and. And so, and and I and I've been on a million podcasts talking about crypto as well. I, I did write a book about that as well. And I, you know, I'm an opportunist in, in that in that you know particular business. But I was also, you know, it was using it as as a bit of a survival uh, method. And I see, you know, and you just see all these, just you know, everyone, uh, you know, from from 19 year old kids, uh, you know, to you know to people that are in their 80s getting into crypto because they see it as a quick buck or a quick way to make money. And there's a lot of you know. Know, bad things that happen uh, when when people go into that and they start thinking like that. They think, well, if everyone's doing it, therefore I can do it. You know, we're we're, we're in an industry um, that, believe it or not, uh, is actually heavily regulated. Um, and we're and if you don't understand that, um, you, you're going to get burned. Um, and look, I'm an attorney who practices. Uh, you know, I don't really practice anymore. My license is still active, but um, who and I made a mistake in 2016 uh, because I I didn't ha- necessarily have my you know my lawyer hat on. I had more of my more of my marketing hat on, and things have changed since then. I mean, the hemp bill uh, it hadn't passed uh, until 2018. So, um, what what I see is one of the biggest challenges is you have you know uh, you're going to have a lot of uh, charlatans out there uh, that are out there making just you know kind of outrageous claims uh, in 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 this in the CBD space, and they don't have to, right? That's the other thing too that people don't understand is that look, you can be very aggressive uh, with your marketing, and there are ways to do it. Uh, it's a, it's an art form. Okay. And there's ways to do it and to be aggressive uh, and to still make, you know, good sales, um, without actually putting yourself, uh, in hot water, uh, and, and just, uh, and really kind of, you know, pushing the limits too far, because look, as an attorney, I've seen what happens, uh, to businesses when they do, I've seen, you know, assets get frozen. I've seen people lose their homes. I've seen people lose their marriages because they were just so enamored with the cash flow that was coming in based off of the things that they were saying, they weren't really thinking, you know, long-term, you know, you might be able to generate a shit ton of money pretty fast. And I've seen it happen. I've seen companies go from zero to like a hundred million in months, and then they lose it all. So it doesn't mean anything if you're going to lose it all because you, because of the way you're doing it. So in 2020, I see, uh, a, a, you know, a, a lot more regulatory action coming down. You know, people freak out about like the warning letters that, you know, that recently came out. It's nothing. It, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a drop in the bucket compared to warning letters that come out in the entire dietary supplement space, you know, so before you decide to do anything with your marketing, um, you know, engage a lawyer, you know, uh, not a jailhouse lawyer, meaning somebody who thinks that they know what they're talking about. And by the way, in the, in, in the forum that we're, we're in, there's a lot of people like that. They're out there just, you know, giving their opinion because they read the, you know, uh, you know, an article about the hemp bill, but they have no idea really what the Shea is or some of these other regulatory, uh, or some of these laws that are on the book. So they don't even understand that, you know, um, just because the FTC said something or the FDA said something, they believe as though that that in fact is law and it's not really the case. So what I would do if I'm, you um, spend a little bit of money now with a lawyer. It's not going to cost you a ton of money uh, to have a lawyer take a look at your page, take a look at your labels, take a look at what you're take a look at what you're saying, and 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 and, you know, and, and heed their advice. 
because that small amount of money that you're going to spend today could potentially save you millions later, right? So don't you don't need to make all these outrageous claims, even though here's the other thing that people don't understand. You know, when you talk about CBD and some of these disease states like cancer, like obviously epilepsy, like MS, like all these other things, and you hear the stories of so-and-so took you know, CBD and they no longer have tremors or they took CBD and their cancer went away. Okay. That may in fact be true. It may have happened. It may have actually happened. However, the science doesn't support that. So just because it happened doesn't mean, and just because it may be a truthful statement, it doesn't necessarily mean that's also not violative of the laws that are on the books. So Hire a lawyer, spend a little bit of money before you go out with whatever it is you're going out with. And not in, in not again, not just, you know, your buddy who is in law school. I'm talking hiring an actual attorney who works in this space, whether it be in the hemp space or the dietary, dietary supplement space or both. Because again, that is, um, you know, that is probably the, the, the best advice I could give anybody uh, in this world because, you know, it's, it, we're, we're big boys now. You get in this space, and big boys and girls, um, you know, you can get hurt pretty bad if you, don't, uh, if you don't do the right thing. Now, listen, one other thing. Nothing's bulletproof. Nothing is bulletproof. There's still a lot of gray area in this space. Um, but, you, you know, at least you're, if, 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 you, um, if you do consult with an attorney, um, at least you're aware of the risks, right? So you have to be aware of the risks uh, in, order to, in order to get involved in this business. And the only way you're going to do it is to talk to somebody who's smarter than you. <laughs> Look, I have outside lawyers, <laughs> you know, because they're smarter than me. <laughs> yeah. it's, just, it's just basic, you know, it's basic common sense, you know. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Some of the things that I think we're up against here, and I think the industry is going through um, a wave of cleansing right now. I, I'm calling it somewhat of a tsunami. It's it's coming in and, and really seeing what you're made of, you know, that this industry is not for everybody. My husband and I have been in the cannabis space for about 35 years. He on the cultivation side since the early 90s and myself as a patient in California, I've had to go up against the medical system for my rights to safe access. Um, um, spending tens of thousands of dollars and way too many hours being misdiagnosed or over-medicated um, and then having to pull myself into rehabilitation. I've had to fight the legal system for my rights to safe access, which really pulled me into legislative development here in Colorado, where I supported writing legislation that legalized cannabis for a for-profit medical model back in 2009 and 10. And through my experience of being on both sides of the law, I couldn't agree more with you, Michael, in the sense that you always have to find people in your inner circle who you can trust, um, you know, that remove your ego out of the way and trust that there are people out there who are keeping tabs on pieces of this industry that you and your minds don't have time or space to keep track of. Your number one focus is how can you make a bigger impact in the in the community or in the world that you want to serve how can you make that biggest impact and your income is going to be a direct reflection of the impact that you're making whether it's through content or products um, or sharing your passion in some capacity you, you know it's all about how you can leverage your knowledge and you know how can you bring the most amount of leverage to build the most amount of trust in the marketplace so that that marketplace pays you with either time attention or money. These are the different ways that you can that you can track the impact that you're making. And then it's all about developing the strategies or tactics that are going to allow you to 
turn the time or energy into revenue for your business. And that is, I mean, three heads are better than one. You really have to pull the people around you that are smarter than you who have, who have traveled the distance that you have not gone yet and can really contribute to the way that you're framing and shaping your business. At the end of the day, it's up to you to execute, but having those smarter people around um, is definitely mandatory. And I think what's going to happen in 2020 for a lot of these businesses is we're going to start to see more people treat it for treat CBD for what it actually is, which is an ingredient. And they're going to start to recognize that multiple, that there are multiple uses for one ingredient, uh, similar to lavender or any one of these other essential oils that's being put into almost anything now um, that is a mainstream product. And it doesn't necessarily have to be some, you know, life changing, miraculous medicine. It can be a daily supplement for beauty, for health, for wellness, um, or, you know, managing the symptoms associated with any one of these chronic uh, conditions. So I, I think that a lot of companies are going to have to step up their game as far as the education. I think that we're going to have, we're going to see a lot more folks um, shifting manufacturing. I can't, I can't help but feel like many of the small time manufacturers are going to dissipate and we're going to see a lot more focus coming. There's going to be somewhat of a monopoly, like five or six manufacturers who have the proper certifications to carry us into the future are going to start to get a lot of the business. And we're going to see a lot of the, a lot of the uh, white quote unquote white label brands dissolve. And we're going to see a lot more um, acquisitions happening where, you know, the bigger brands who have done it right and made the money are going to come in and start acquiring the smaller ones just to consolidate the marketplace. It's happening right now in cannabis. And I would not be surprised. It's already happening in hemp. Um, but I think the wave is going to be quite a bit more substantial coming here into 2020. So if you do not have a really strong brand presence, if you don't have a strong community, if you uh, don't have a proprietary uh, product line of some sort, I think that you really should start to look at creating that USP or unique, unique selling point for your industry um, or, or for your brand and start to bring that to the forefront. And if you don't have it, start to find groups of people that you can sell your business off to um, or pull in some more money so that you can create that you unique selling proposition. Michael, final question I have for you. What would be your advised, like how much money do you think somebody needs to have to get involved in the industry for 2020? It's no longer the landscape of 2016, 17, 18, um, 19. Things started to stabilize a little bit. We're in 2020 now. The market has matured. We're in our fifth year here. Um, how much? I've asked this question to a couple of other quote unquote advisors or folks who are sitting top level in the in the um, industry right now. How much money do you think a budding entrepreneur or somebody who's serious about making an impact in this industry? How much money do you think that they need to have to get started and, and actually compete in the space right now? Yeah, you know that's a tough question to answer. It all depends on how you're gonna, you know, how you're gonna enter the space. You know, like I'd mentioned earlier, you know, the like, and you'd mentioned as well. You know, you get these kind of print-on-demand, white-label type companies where you know a young entrepreneur, you can, you know, the barrier of entry is pretty low. You know, so uh, you know you can get in pretty quick, um, but the margins are also very low. So uh, and the product is usually subpar. So um, you know, it, this is uh, this is like any other business um, when you get in. What, what you know, I always tell people, and I think I, I think I talk about this in Blueprint to Business. I 
met a good friend of mine, mentor of mine. And uh, I thought one of my businesses that I launched when I was in law school or prior to law school that I, I thought that I only needed 90,000. And that's pretty much what I had, uh, you know, after closing out my 401k and, and, and maxing credit cards and, and borrowing law school loans uh, for the business. Um, and, and my buddy said to me, whatever you think it is, multiply it times three, then you're probably close. And, and that might be a big number, you know, for people. And so that, that's, that's just, that's just a reality. When you start to actually think about the cost of goods and then you start to think about, you know, merchant processing and fulfillment and call centers, uh, and all these other the ancillary costs that you might not be thinking about, your margins aren't what you really think they are. So if your cost of goods is six bucks and you're selling it for 70, that sounds awesome. But then when you really start to add in all of your other fixed costs and other, all your other expenses that you need to run the business, your margins aren't really as, as good as you think they are. They're, they're, they're probably good, but they're not as good as, as, as what you think. And by the way, I'm telling you this from a perspective of somebody who has made the mistakes. You know, I mean, I've made all those mistakes. I've seen huge numbers and, and generated, you know, millions uh, in, in, a, in a week. And like, man, we're fucking killing it. But no, we were burning, you know, we were, lo- we were losing, you know, four or $500,000 a day. You know, so, so like, you know, you just have to really get a handle on truly what the expenses are. And then the other part too, is the marketing. The marketing is expensive. That's probably going to be your most expensive thing. And, uh, you know, so you just need to kind of pay attention to them. So whatever you think it is, multiply times three. And lastly, to answer that though, but that doesn't mean that you still can't get in. Don't ever let money prevent you from getting into a business that you're passionate about. If you can get in and you do it smart, you'll figure it out. You'll figure out how it works. You'll maybe you'll learn more. You get some contacts. Maybe you end up with a partner. Maybe you borrow some money. Maybe you get a loan, whatever it is. Don't let money be the barrier. You say, ah, it's just, I just can't get in. Um, because, you know, I think that that could, you know, that could potentially, you know, really kind of ruin some people's dreams. I'm not a big fan of dreaming. I say dreaming's for sleeping. Let's start doing, but don't let that also set you back. So whatever you think it is, multiply times three and you're probably pretty close. Those are some great fucking words of wisdom right there, my friend. And for the first time, I think in Hemp Revolution history, I hardly have anything to add to that. I think it's just such a really clear, concise way to encompass the two pathways. And I think, you know, I I think that there's a big misconception here. I will say this in closing. Um, First of all, Michael, thank you so much for being on the show. I think that this is just such a massive value add to the community and offers a perspective, not only as a business owner, but for somebody who's been successful multiple times over, um, you know, and really creating a massive impact with your knowledge and expertise and experience that you've brought to multiple marketplaces. So what an honor to be able to interview you and have you on our forum. Um, and I appreciate you being like so candid and value driven in the way that you're advising folks. It's very real um, and not a lot of sugarcoating. And I, I really want to spend some time with you on another episode talking a lot about your story and, and what it actually takes to transition from the mentality like everything is bad um, to a place where you can come into acceptance and, and pair opportunity with, um, you know, the shift in mindset. So. I just want to acknowledge you for that and and express my appreciation. And then finally say that I think that there's a misconception right now that for people to be quote unquote involved in the industry that they have to start a business of their own. And I think that there's not enough emphasis on the, on, um, or enough people asking the questions, how can you apply or develop 
Uh, how can you apply existing skill sets or develop new skill sets that will allow, allow you to bring the value that you have to offer to an existing brand or business? Um, one of the big challenges that I'm recognizing here is having qualified, passionate people become joining um, teams of folks on behalf of a brand that's already doing things really, really great. Um, an example of this is the Papa and Barkley organization out in California who is just you know, doing incredible things in the way of quality quality and really really pulling in, you know, strategic partners that have a lifetime of experience in cultivation and extraction. And, and they just do the piece that they're really great at, which is building the brand and the retail centers and, and distribution points, but really bringing in those key partners that can do all of the other things really well that make the brand as powerful as it actually is. So I, I in closing, I will just say to you guys that while there is a lot of allure and a lot of sex appeal. It's almost pornographic the way that the opportunities present themselves in the hemp and cannabis industry. And it's really, it's really very brand new. And I am of the opinion that this is the largest opportunity for wealth creation for the everyday average Joe that, that we will ever see in our lifetime. Um, you know, next to cryptocurrency, sport betting and cannabis and hemp, these are the three industries to watch and be a part of right now with high risk comes high reward, but you don't necessarily have to, um, especially when it comes to cannabis and hemp, you don't necessarily have to be the one to assume all of the risk. You can develop new skill sets that will allow you to be a relevant value add to an existing brand. And you can bring existing skill sets, whether you're owning your own, when you, whether you own and operate your own business now or want to own and operate your own business later. You can learn so much and do so much for the industry by joining an existing brand who needs to utilize skill sets just like yours in order to hit the next level. So I really, really implore you to find out what are the gaps and holes in the industry right now and how can you either develop new skill sets or leverage your existing skill sets to bring value to the industry and help up level the way that we are operating. We are still considered to be a self-governing industry. And so it's so important to have, you know, skill sets and success from other industries come into this place so that we can leverage those things to shape the way that we are doing business collaboratively and competitively, but in a healthy way so that we can self-govern in a way that continues to up-level how we are talked about and how we are utilized um, while we are causing such significant disruptions in some of the largest industries in the world right now. So that is how I want to leave you with it, this conversation. Michael, any last words in uh, for today's episode before we end? I don't think so. Just keep pushing. Whatever it is you're doing, just keep pushing. Amazing. Well, thanks so much. And where can folks find you if they want to find out more about how they can work with you um, or if they want to follow what you're doing in the world? Sure. You can find me pretty much on all the you know social media platforms. It's at Mike Alden 2012. It's A-L-D-E-N 2012. Uh, you know, send me a message, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat. And, uh, you know, I just, you know, I'll, I'll try and get back to you as best I can and help you uh, with any questions you may have. Uh, literally last night I was sitting there for about a half an hour going back and forth somebody that, that I, that I didn't know um, because I'm passionate about it. I've made a lot of mistakes uh, and, uh, and I try to, you know, help others uh, and, and, and so that they don't have to make the same ones. So again, it's at Mike Alden, 2012. 
Amazing. Well, thank you again so much for sharing your time with us today. And for those of you guys who are tuning in, thanks so much for being a part of our community. It's when you like and share content just like this, you are actually helping us push the needle forward with legalization because you are helping us impact millions of people's lives around the world. So please like and share this episode. And if you're interested in finding out any more about what Michael is doing in the world, all of the social media handlings, as well as his websites and links to his books will be listed right here around this episode. Make sure that you check him out. I am personally collecting his books and items right now, just because I like badass people to be close in my circle. Uh, And I suggest that you guys do the same thing. If you're some Somebody who's looking for products that you can depend on to deliver the results you're looking for, check us out at medicalsecrets.com for our favorite picks. And if you are a budding entrepreneur or established business owner looking for some tips and tricks on how you can accelerate your success in the cannabis and hemp movement, go ahead and check us out at theemeraldcircle.com. We are happy to help. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Sonia Gomez, and this is the Hemp Revolution. We will see you guys on our next show. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time again. Thanks for listening to this episode. We took notes on this episode for you, along with all the links and resources mentioned in the episode. Get them free on the show notes page here at www.medicalsecrets.com. If you love this show and our content, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you really want to help us get the message out there, please rate, review, and tell all your friends. With your help, we can continue to reach the world with our message. And until next time, we hope you join the hemp revolution, and we challenge you to dream big and love the life you live.